This is a previously recorded episode. This show is broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit studios in Royal Oak, Michigan. For more information about the show or our network, please visit www.podcastdetroit.com. Tell me you love me. I need a good laugh. I'm holy water. You need a good bath. Whiskey and perfume. You had a nightcap. Now how about that? A perfect stranger, he's got a bullet with your name in the chamber. A body organ, rearranger, you feel my danger. This time I'm a bitch, can't so last for all your excuses. Keep coming faster, but your mouth cannot run my blaster. This time a bitch, can't so last for Nooner time. Welcome to the Nooner Show with Jay Dubs and Denise Brennan Nelson. We're broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit Studios in Rockin' Royal Oak, Michigan. You can find us at podcastdetroit.com. It's Nooner time. Somebody bring me a mirror. So much traffic on the oh way my here. God, I know. Tell me about it. What's up? I mean, well, last minute construction. construction. Well, I don't think it's last minute. It's been going on <laughs> for a while. Well, but there's some weeks I drive here and it's like, oh, no big deal. That's but... when you leave on time. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I was <laughs> when yeah. you're rushing it. Yeah, that's I true. I know. I know. What a beautiful day, though. I know. I, I love, love this weather. Oh, I do too. I do too. This is perfect. Is it? What's your favorite season? Oh, summer for me. Okay. Definitely summer. What about you? I don't know. This last summer was so amazing that. I don't know. They all have something something going on. Do you like winter? I like parts of it, absolutely. Fire yeah. in the fireplace. Yeah. Um, bundling up. Yeah. Going, you know, going sledding down this itty bitty hill. <laughs> <laughs> Tumultuous merriment, my dad always called sledding. And and I mm. love going downhill, of course. Yeah. Climbing back up. But oh yeah. Uh, there's a couple places that uh, you can go tubing. Get you get in an inner tube, mm-hmm. but then you they hook you up to a um like a tow line. Oh, and they pull you back up. That's ideal. Oh, really? <laughs> because then you get the tumultuous merriment of going downhill, <laughs> mm. and somebody else pulls you up. Bill. You know, we are going to be talking about exercise a little <laughs> bit later, so I don't know. Yeah, I better be quiet. I don't think that's part of the plan. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. our guests would probably walk up the hill. I'm what, sure fifty times or yeah, something like I'm that. I'm sure barefoot. Oh, in the he, winter, he's indicating that he might run up the hill. Yeah, yeah. he is a fitness guru, yeah. and I can't wait to get to him because yeah. As you know, I missed the last yeah. time he was on our show. Um, how was your weekend? How? Well, I wanted to ask you. Oh. Because I know you went and saw Alan Turner. I did. I went and saw Alan Turner in the Steel Horse Band on Sunday. And uh, it's the first time I got to see them live. And they were awesome. Where'd you go? Um, it was at Past Tense in Lapeer. So, oh, cool. Yeah, it wasn't far, but um, just amazing. Amazing. Really? Yeah. And not, not just him, but... Everybody in the band. I mean, they could all sing. They they could all play multiple instruments. Wow. Um, they played for two hours with no breaks. Wow. Yeah, it was really, really good. How many band members? Oh, gosh. Um, I think there were like six, seven, something what, what like that. What kind of instruments were they? did they play? Well, um, well, for example, uh, like the guy that played keys, um, he also sang at one point and also played um, the sax. Um, yeah. And then, uh, Nicole, who is the, I don't, I, I wouldn't say backup singer because she, some songs sings with them, but then she did a couple songs of her own cover to Miranda Lambert song, but it, it was just great. Oh, wow. Really good. What's yeah, your good favorite show. instrument? Um, you know, it's funny because I like all of them when people really like do solos and wail. I, I really like all the instruments. Um, but I probably would have to say electric guitar. Oh, yeah. Okay. So hmm. it was really good. What about you? What'd you do? Well, we went to Mackinac Island. Right. Well, we went north first. Um, we went to Boyne City, one of my favorite spots. Okay. Um, and then 
uh, my dad and my brother Martin and my sister Paula, who came in from North Carolina, yeah. uh, we headed to Mackinac because we'd gotten this great deal. Okay. Uh, we were staying at the Grand Hotel, and it's something they do in the spring, apparently, and something they do in the fall. And uh, my dad had gotten this notice that they had this great deal, and you could stay at the Grand Hotel for the night and have a nice. five-course dinner and breakfast and all that. So we, um, the four of us said, let's go. And we got there. Well, on the way up there, they called us. Um, they wanted to confirm that we were coming. And when my sister got off the phone, I said, well, that's weird. I said, they overbooked. They're calling to see who's not coming, and oh. they're hoping that some uh-huh. people aren't because they're overbooked. Yeah. Well, when we got there, we checked in, and they told us we were in this suite. And it was like, sweet. We all thought we had our own room, and what's up with the suite? But they didn't mm. say much more than that. Okay. We go to our room. They It's way down this hallway, and they mm-hmm. tell us you're going to have to walk outside and... So we travel the route they tell us. We open up the door to go outside, and there attached to the Grand Hotel is this cottage. And I put cottage in quotation marks. It was about, I don't know, I'm guessing, two to 3,000 square foot cottage. Oh, wow. That was, we found out later, um, is $4,000 a night. Wow. $22,000 a week and $80,000 a month to rent. Is that where you guys stayed? Yes. So we walked in and we're like, we're walking around and it's just gorgeous. Wow. The colors and the carpeting and the black and white marble. And there was a chandelier that was, I took tons of pictures, but it was gorgeous. So how did you guys end up with that? Well, what we think, they never said we're upgrade. You know how sometimes they say, well, we had to upgrade you because we booked all the normal rooms. Oh, um, they never said that. So, of course, we didn't want to go back and say, are you sure right, we're in the right, right room? Right. So, it's supposed to be a different family. We didn't want to be found out. <laughs> I think because there were four of us and there was some couples retreat that was going on up oh. there. I think that to move four of us there and open up four rooms yeah. made more sense than. Wow. You know, well, so, there you go. So I'm it not... was gorgeous. We had our own hot tub. We had this beautiful balcony. You could hear the horses oh clip clopping through the through the uh, streets, which. So is... so another uh, thing on your bucket list checked <laughs> off there, right? <laughs> yeah. Staying at a four thousand dollar a night. Yeah. Sure. Because awesome. that wouldn't happen in. In the real world. Right. Mm-mm. So we well, we ended up having a great time. And oh, that's awesome. I love Mackinac. Wow. Yeah. Your so. dad was probably all, oh. all full of himself. Oh, like, well, look and, what I worked out, kids. Paula. You know, here <laughs> yeah. Paula comes in from North Carolina. We're uh-huh. running around this place just laughing uh-huh. like, really? We get to stay here? We had its own like wall of library books. And oh, yeah. Oh, how fun. So, anyways. Yeah. It was a good time. Good. Good. So did you hear about the... Uh, the older, uh, the 102. I did. 102-year-old. I'm probably, did you hear about it, Brian? No. 102-year-old woman who, um, it, you know, is in a home and uh, she had on her bucket list that she wanted to be in a police car, apparently. And um, so the police picked her up and handcuffed her and handcuffed her. Handcuffed her? That's not a word, is it? Um but she thought she was all that in a bag of chips, apparently. That's and, so funny. Yeah. Can you Did imagine she... having that on your bucket list to be in the back of a police? Well, you probably have been. <laughs> I, I know. I was just thinking that would not be on my bucket list because if I haven't, I'm sure I will be at some point. <laughs> that, that's probably one yeah. of those things that uh, will probably happen anyway. Yeah, knock on wood. I've no, never been in what? the back of one either. That you can remember. <laughs> Come on. Uh, no, I really haven't. The kids are listening. We know, right. Denise. <laughs> so, they okay. probably, well, not Rachel. Becca probably has, but. Yeah, Rachel's probably laughing at you. Right. I'm going, sure, ma'am. Hopefully she's in class right now. But uh, right. what about your kids? Any of your kids back in the in the back of a police car that you know N- of? Not that I know of, no. no. Brian, no. you've ever been? No. I try to avoid it at all costs. <laughs> I have a good relationship with the law. I'd like to keep it that way. Yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're with you there. Yeah. But 102 years old. And, you know, they asked How her what cute. her. Well, I know what her How advice cute. was. And she yeah. said, just keep doing what you're doing. You know, they're asking about longevity of yeah. life. Just keep doing what you're doing and and make sure you do something community service wise. And yeah. I thought, oh, that's good. I advice. think the interesting thing, if that was on her bucket list at that age, that means she's fulfilled everything else. Yeah. I mean, if that's what you have left. Right, you've never been in a police car. Yeah, but she like apparently she really enjoyed the handcuffs. 
Um, when <laughs> see, she I, was, can, I, can, I can see them interviewing you at 102. That's what she that's would That's some say. action at 102 yeah. when you really think about it. <laughs> she went through town, I, I read. Uh, she went through town, and when she'd pass people, she'd hold her hands up to show them that she had handcuffs on. Woo! Like it was oh a trophy God. or something. And they're like, why did they arrest that 102-year-old? Yeah, you're like, right. <laughs> like, what did she do to end up in the back of a cop car? Oh, Drinking gosh. and driving a, uh, yeah, go, exactly. a go-kart or oh, whatever. She was on her walker. Yeah, she's yeah, on her scooter. walker. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's yeah. a great story. But hey, 102 years old. Yeah. That's a – and she, you know, she certainly appeared. And when they interviewed her, she seemed to have all her wits about her. So wow. we can only hope, right? Where is awesome. she from? Oh, good question. I don't remember. Mm. I was so intrigued by the handcuffs and the police I car. But I- <laughs> <laughs> well, Denise, I'm sure you don't have to wait till you're 102 to get those handcuffs on. I can well, make a call right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. We sh- you know what? We should have some police on the show. Oh, I agree with you. I think we should. I you have- They'd have some funny stories. Oh, I That's know. That's what I think I would be. I wonder if they could tell their stories. They I'm just, sure they just can't get specific. I used to train yeah. with a bunch of police, and they have some funny stories. They just oh, don't get I specific bet. on stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty funny. Well, I actually have somebody who um, works at the parlor, and her dad is a policeman. And her mom, I believe, is um, oh like a social worker for teens or something like that, troubled teens. I know, or... detention, juvenile detention, something to do with that. But I said to her, dinner time must be interesting. I mean, I can't even imagine the stories. No kidding. Well, that's something to think about. So, all right, well, we should get to our guest. Let's get Um, to our guest because we have a lot to go over. We do. So it's our favorite segment. And we all Mm -hmm. know it's called What's the Wish? What's the Way? And this segment is designed to showcase the stories of talented and gutsy individuals who had a wish and found a way to make it happen. They set goals, overcame obstacles, and turned setbacks into comebacks. Their stories are unique, interesting, and most of all, inspiring. Make me sound so good. Brian (laughs) Calacay is described as a high-energy entrepreneur, fitness junkie, and business systems ninja. He owns two fit body boot camps and multiple online programs and trainings, which have sold thousands of copies. However, his success was not handed to him. He came from humble beginnings. At a very young age, Brian realized that he could change the course of his life. He began working at 14 and co-owned a business by the time he was 19. His mindset of determination, grit, and enthusiasm has made him an unstoppable force in the business world. Welcome to the Nooner Show, Brian Calake and his lovely wife, Kristen. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Last time um, I met with you was at an, uh, another studio, yep. and um, you were getting ready to get married. Yes. And so you have since gotten married. I got Congratulations. married. Congratulations. When Thank did you, you find time? Um, I had to schedule her in. Honestly, <laughs> I'm I, sure. it's funny because I had an, a reoccurring event pop up on my phone. I actually set a time block on my phone on the day of my wedding that said I'm marrying a princess that day. Oh, so, like, True story. I was like, oh, Kristen, look, I forgot to take it off my phone. Well, first he penciled me in, yeah, and then I, I, he put it in his phone. <laughs> I, w- I was just going to say, that's a good cover-up, the way you yeah, put it yeah. in there. <laughs> so it's not that event. you were scheduled or anything. It was just, oh, gosh. Well, congratulations, Thank guys. You. Thank uh, so Denise, uh, I think was somewhere. Well, you it was in the summertime when I met you. Right. And if Denise, you know she she's busy. Works is very. You know, she was little. hanging out in her four thousand dollar room. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it's what she does all the time in the summer. But um, your story was so good, and I remember telling her you you have to meet him. We have to have him back on, and so we're so glad you're here. Um, before we get into everything that you're doing right now and, and exercise and everything else and the benefits of it, can you go back and tell us that story of basically your life, how you did get to where you're at? Because, it, it, I mean, it, watching your, your website, looking at your website and your videos and everything else, and you're a young guy, it's amazing what you're doing. Thank and you. you would think by watching all that that you, you know, came from – money and yeah, you know no. you <laughs> quite the opposite so yeah. yeah tell us how you got started it's uh 
Yeah, very humble beginnings. I grew up, um, my my family, we weren't like poor, but we were definitely low, low middle class. I mean, I grew up the first 12 years of my life in a trailer park, which in a way was good because it taught me social skills. We had neighbors, we went outside, we played, you know, it, it was a good, I always say, I, I always feel a better, warmer vibe in, in smaller kind of low income area neighborhoods than I do sometimes the bigger, richer areas, but nothing, not playing sides or anything, but just uh, the warmth of it. But Grew up in a in a trailer park for the first twelve years of my life. Um, Mom and dad got divorced when I was sixteen. It was for the best. Uh, didn't really pick sides. I have good parents. They both very very hardworking people. But I always wanted something more. Uh, I started martial arts when I was like nine, almost ten years old. Uh, started giving me the confidence I needed. I used to be a little kid. I'm I'm not the biggest guy. Uh, if you can't tell, <laughs> I'm like I'm a whopping five one, uh, five two with my faux hawk. So uh, that's why I keep the faux hawk here. <laughs> Uh, but a, uh, you know, I needed the confidence. I used to get beat up cause I was short. I was a quiet kid. I was very introverted. Uh, martial arts kind of helped get me out of that bubble, gave me confidence, um, kind of taught me how to be proud of who I am and accept it and rock it. Right. Uh, and then that led into a very long trail of what I call like my shiny object syndrome journey, where it's like, I, I can't just do kind of do something. I have to like jump into it and immediately learn how to be the best at it. Um, it's just kind of the way I did zero to a hundred. So I started doing, I was a walk around magician when I was like 14, 15 years old I was making like a hundred bucks an hour doing like kids birthday parties and walk around magic. And it taught me how to communicate with people. I was a shy kid. So the best way to not be shy was to fake it till you make it, so to speak. But I really didn't have a choice. I had to learn how to talk and communicate with people under fire because people are trying to figure out what you're doing. So it really yeah. forces you to roll with punches and work on your improv and stuff like that. Uh, so I was a magician. Um, that was my second job. My first job, not to jump around, my first job, I actually, I was a babysitter. I was like, mom, dad, I want a car. They're like, great, get a job. <laughs> like, mom and dad, I want a cell phone. Great, get a job. You know what I mean? So they, they couldn't afford it. So my first car was like a Geo Metro, like three <laughs> three cylinder stick shift. Like, and I, and I babysat all summer to pay for it, right? And then I was a magician for a while. I've done everything from, I've sold t-shirts in the mall and slippers. I've done graphic design. Um, I taught martial arts for six years to kids. Martial arts was a big part of my life. I was in a world competition team, got a bunch yeah. of titles and stuff with that. Uh, hold a couple Michigan sport karate titles, actually. But um, So it was a lot of martial arts and side jobs. I've done special effects makeup. I actually had an internship in Los Angeles. Uh, one of my friends in Flushing ended up being a shop manager at a place in Los Angeles. Uh, they've worked on all the big movies. Um, you know, They've done makeup for like G.I. Joe, Vacancy. Uh, he's actually one of the main makeup artists on Teen Wolf that uh, oh, has wow. been going on right now. So I got to go out there. He taught me all my special effects makeup stuff. I've done that in a lot of the haunted attractions up in like the Flint area of Michigan. So we helped do haunted house design, do makeup, prosthetics, all that crazy stuff. I just had a bunch of hobbies that I figured out how to make money with. So I knew like from a very early age, like I didn't, I, I can work for people. I don't have a problem with authority, but I just rather march to the beat of my own drum and take the risk. Um, there's something about being unplugged from that nine to five matrix that I would never want to go back to. Uh, and, and you get used to it. It builds thicker skin when you're kind mm -hmm. of always working on your own and always kind of independently contracted. It really kind of teaches you to roll with the punches and really appreciate the good when it's good yeah. and how to accept the bad and learn from it to be better. Um, it, but it took a while to develop that that um, comfort zone of being uncomfortable, so to speak, because there's nobody dictating what paycheck I get. There's nobody dictating, right. you know, what's going to happen. I, I kind of it, it's all on you. And it's a lot of responsibility for people who are used to just clocking in and clocking out at a right. job. So I guess I just always uh, loved doing things that were against the direction that everybody else was going. And I just found ways to be profitable with it. But it was a very long journey of wow. a lot of different things. Yeah. So. Wow. Look at Denise's yeah. face. Well, I knew and, it. and Jackie had told me, you're going to love this guy, and he's got a great story. So if you have done a lot of things, but let's let's get to right now what you're doing with the, the boot camp. Yes. Yeah, talk about that. Yeah, well, we own, Chris and I own two Fit Body Boot Camps. We own one in Grand Blanc that we just opened in November, December-ish last year. I say November, but it was really December. It was like our opening week. Uh, and then we own one in Lapeer, which is the one that uh, that some people I know go to. <laughs> And, uh, Can't wait to hear about oh, that Oh, yeah. One. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's on the workout train again. We'll talk about that a little bit, I'm sure. 
But uh, we do those, and then we uh, in the one in Lapeer, the Fit Body Boot Camp in Lapeer also has Extreme Results Gym attached to it. Uh, so we own a gym and two boot camps, and then at one point we were doing a bunch of online stuff as well. So we've kind of stepped back from that a little bit, but you know, there's still stuff out there for that. Wow. Yeah. And you went. I, I did. So after um, Brian and uh, Marcia were on the show uh, a year ago, I, after listening to him, I, it was one of those things where I said, okay, I got to do this. I'm going to do it. Well, it took me a whole year. <laughs> it happens. We've had people on our email list for like three years. If I yeah. come in, they're like, I just got to do it. I've been reading your stuff yeah. for like three years. I'm just going to come in. But fun note, we're actually, I think by the end of this week, just our Lapeer facility alone has lost over 10,000 pounds of fat right. in two and a half years. Yeah. So it's, it's an amazing yeah. program. And yeah. I think the other thing that's really amazing is all the emails that you send out. <sighs> All the positive. I think, well, you send one every day, at every least Monday. one. Every Monday. Monday and Fridays okay. are usually when we send them out. But And, and there's always a, just a story, like a motivational story to keep you going. And it's it's really pretty cool. Well, that's How what do... people struggle with. You know, the thing about, like, everybody knows what to do. Like, they know. Right. I mean, like, everybody knows it's right. a lack of, it's that gap between knowing and doing. Right. And that's where motivation comes. I tell people, we're not in the fitness business. We're in the motivation business. Like, right. We're just trying to motivate people to do what they know needs to be done. Right. Did so. that come first for you, the motivation and then the fitness? Or have you always been into fitness and exercise and all of that? It's always been a crucial part of martial arts, which is what I did growing up because fitness was huge. When you're a competitor, you have to stay fit. Um, but it was one of those things. It was a natural bridge. I came home from California uh, and I was still doing a lot of martial arts stuff. And I was looking for something a little more career oriented at that point. So it was a natural bridge to go from being a certified martial arts instructor, certified kickboxing instructor to become a personal trainer to teach a kickboxing class and then eventually just become a personal trainer full time and go into the health world. Right. So it was kind of a, a natural bridge. I've always had a passion for helping people, obviously, mm-hmm. but I felt like fitness was an area that I could help a way larger scale of people versus just being kind of an underpaid babysitter for people's undisciplined kids. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what's your philosophy? You know, I mean, we all know, like you said, we all know what we should be doing. Sure. Um, And I recently uh, read a really fascinating article in Time Magazine. It was in September and it was, it was a very long article, but the essence of it was that exercise can cure everything. And that, I think it can, and that even though, you know, it's come out that it's good for our heart and it's sure. good for our mental health and all of that, we still have more prescription or sub- yeah, prescriptions, not sub, but prescriptions for medicine than we do for yeah. exercise. We do. So talk about that a little bit. I saw a few of your YouTube videos and I want yeah. you to share with our audience your philosophy and exercise and all of that. Well, it comes down to actually science because my philosophy is that, which is everybody's, you know, I mean, an active body is a healthy body, right? If it stays in motion, it's going to stay in motion, right? If you stop moving it, you know, God gave us arms and legs for a reason. We're supposed to move, right? And when we stop moving, there becomes health issues. Uh, but now more than ever, I mean, recent studies are coming out that prove that sitting is the new smoking. Even if you're working out, you know, oh, wow. 30 minutes a day, if you're sitting 80% of your day, you're still going to have health problems. You're still going to have problems storing fat, right? So, you know, my philosophy comes with science. And the science end of things proves like exercise is good. The health benefits of it are tremendous. And we keep finding more and more. Um, but I think what a lot of people are starting to become, now the fitness is becoming more mainstream. Uh, I feel like people are starting to think that I can out-train my lack of diet discipline, right? I'm just going to, I'm going to burn off the calories. If I eat a piece of cheesecake that's 300 calories, I need to go do 300 burpees to burn it off, right? Because calories in versus calories out. And there couldn't be anything further from the truth, to be honest with you, because it, women know this more than men, but there's these mysterious things in our bodies called hormones. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, what? yeah, what? <laughs> what's that? And for every food that goes in, there's a hormonal response in the body. So a lot of people are now becoming okay with the idea of moving, but they're still struggling. They're still riding that struggle bus, so to speak, with what's going in their mouth in terms of food, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel, and the science proves, there's actually no hard science linking exercise to drastic fat loss. There's zero. That's, they said and, that in the time in the, yeah, in the article. Yeah, there's zero science linking it. What is linked to fat loss is the way you eat and the way you recover and rest, right? So you still need that exercise. There's still benefits to it in terms of health. It's the other, it's the yin to the yang, right? But you really should be focused on subtle, permanent shifting of your mental relationship with how you eat. 
And I think that's what wow. a lot of people screw up. A lot of people just think I'm going to count calories. FYI, the number one reason why people fail diets, they count calories. Um, so that's why like a lot of the nutrition, she's actually almost finished with her nutrition certification right now through Precision Nutrition. And uh, they they study what we like about it is they, they incorporate psychology along with the science of nutrition. Uh, so we don't have our members count calories. I think it's the worst thing you could do is do math before you put food in your mouth. It's not long term, right? Which is why a lot of people yo-yo back and forth between mm-hmm. doing what they should and then doing yeah. that. Like they, they jump in the deep end and hope they can swim. And then when they get tired of swimming, they jump back out, right? And, yeah. and it's like you, you need to be taking and making these subtle, slow mental commitments to doing one new thing here and there and adjusting to it before you just go hardcore if you want it to last. So that's what we tell people. I'm not here to put you on a diet. I'm here to change the way you think about food and think about fitness, hence the motivational emails and the stories mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Do you do that at your uh, at your facilities? Yes, at yes. facilities in Grand Blanc and Lapeer with Fit Body Boot Camp, with ours and a, and a handful of them across Michigan uh, and, and across the world, actually, there is an actual nutrition program included with it. We're, we're not a gym. We're not a group class. It's a group coaching format. So you get your nutritionist, you get your meal plans, we customize it. Right. It's it's a very hands it's what we call we're, we're coaches, we're not right. trainers. We're we're here to work with you because a trainer can count reps. You don't need a rep counter. You need a coach that can make you better. Right? right. People just want to be better. Okay. So that's why I tell people like get a coach, don't get a trainer. Get somebody who can help you through the lows, who can get in your head and say the right words to get you on track and who can help you with eating and just as much as exercising because you can go and do a crazy hard workout to the point where you want to throw up and people are like, oh, that's what I need to do. It's not what you need to do. You need to do something that's going to change you mentally and something you enjoy. I mean, if you enjoy pushing yourself to the point where you pass out, I mean, I, good, I guess. But <laughs> I mean, as far as I know, there's no science linking throwing up to fat loss. So, you know, probably should keep the good food in. So that's why I tell people, like, it's not just about hard workouts. It's about well-composed workouts, workouts that are going to make you stronger, make you better, make you more energized and make you feel good at the end of the day. Because at the end of the workout, you should feel like, man, I feel good. Not like, oh my God, I'm so miserable. Like Mm -hmm. nurture and torture, kind of similar, (laughs) right? Word wise, right? So you got to kind of be careful how you approach that. Fitness should not be miserable. It should be fun and enjoyable. Right. Otherwise, who wants to keep doing it? Thank you. It doesn't matter how well it works. If you're miserable, you're not going to keep doing it. Well, and even the, you know, the article was fascinating. You're saying so much of what's in there and based on science, which I, I, you know, think is fascinating. Um, But yes, I mean, even the things like raking and brisk walking and playing with the kids in the backyard it's activity that, right yep and, right. and that's another thing too activity activity is what we call active rest you need to be doing that's what you should be doing instead of sitting right uh but exercising is not mowing the lawn exercising is targeted it's a short amount of time and it's designed to activate a lot of muscles in your body right a lot of people are like i exercise i walk the dog i'm like mm, it's activity don't confuse it unless oh. you're three to four hundred pounds you're not going to walk your way to like abundant health it's just not going to happen I think a lot of people confuse that it is something you should be doing yes mm-hmm. but don't let that replace a targeted workout for 30 minutes three times a week you know I think that's the other thing people misunderstand as they're counting their steps it's great to count your steps because like I said sitting's the new smoking right right but it is a very it is what we call active recovery it's not exercise don't confuse the two. A lot of people now, if you've been a couch potato your whole life, you should probably start with walking, you know, but don't think you're just going to keep walking and walking and walking. They did a study in Australia in 2000. I want to say it was 2003 or 2004, Dr. Boucher in a university in Australia. And what they found was 50 to 60 hours of linear cardio, meaning walking or jogging. 50 to 60 hours to lose one pound of fat. Wow. That's why don't confuse activity with exercise. I feel it's the biggest lie wow. magazines and fitness push on people. Just walk. No, no, you need a little more than that. And you need to quit eating crap. That's the big thing, right? So, wow. Right. So do you feel that is the biggest uh, what, you know, falsehood out there that you can't you that you have to do more than just i mean i what i read was that the aerobic getting your where you're breathing hard and all of that that, that in 1970 yes now no now we have more science than ever proving interval based training like uh, sometimes people call it tabata but 2010 intervals 
where you hit a high intensity level and then you're recovering so you can hit that high level again. We're now finding it's the frequency of which you hit that high level is what's going to give you the results versus the duration of how long you're working out. Whereas aerobic was really based on the duration. You do aerobics for 60 minutes, 45 minutes. Well, we're finding with more modern day science that if you do anaerobic or interval-based training, you need to work out 30 minutes tops, not more than 40, or else it actually becomes more detrimental to your body. It starts screwing up with the cortisol release in your body, which is a belly fat storing hormone. And not to get into the nerdy I have science, that. but I have that yeah, one. I got a whole bunch. Yeah. Got, <laughs> but uh, but it does, and a lot of people think that it's that 1970s mentality. Aerobic is good if you're running and you're a runner and you love to run. I'm not saying don't run. But if you're trying to really get in shape, lose fat, and look good naked, it's one of those things where that's what we all want, right? It's you're you're gonna need to stop walking and jogging, and you're gonna have to start doing some type of interval, whether it is running, whether it is something with a boot camp workout like ours, uh, or even group personal training or whatever. You have to have that anaerobic element into it. And fun fact: your anaerobic will actually increase your aerobic endurance meaning you can run further and longer, but your aerobic has nothing to do with your anaerobic. If you can run three miles, great. It has nothing to do with you doing a push-up. You know what I mean? Right. But if you can do so many push-ups, so many burpee squats, and get that hit that intensity on the interval, it's actually going to make you a better runner. You're going to run longer and faster, right? Okay. Wow. Very interesting. Let's yeah. go back to food for a minute. Sure, shoot. Um, you said something interesting before we went on the air about, you know, well, right now you're sounds like you're watching a little bit of what you're putting in your body yes. yourself, which yes. you're obviously in very good shape. So can you talk a little bit about that or? No, it's my secret. I have secrets. <laughs> I can't tell anybody. I want to know your secret. <laughs> we'll turn the mics off. This is, this, is what I, this is what I tell everybody. The biggest mistake people make with diets is they don't do them long enough for them to work or they don't follow the rules the way they were written. They, they lack structures. They start mixing diets. They start changing things. It just didn't yep. work for me. I'm like, well, first off, You've had a weight problem for 13 years. Two weeks is not going to solve all of it. You know right. what I mean? So we really have to keep that in retrospect. So it's going to take a little time. Are you, you know? so it sounds like you're not a fan of fad diets. Um, if that's what it takes for you to get moving in the right direction, I'm a fan of it. If you oh. think it's going to be the know-all, end-all, don't lie to yourself. Yeah. Okay. You know, um, I think it's a good way to jumpstart and learn the basics of what you need to know. Um, but this is what I talk about. You're always going to have to experiment with different ways of eating with your body. Even the way I'm eating now It'll work for six to eight weeks or so, and then if I want a different adaptation, I have to try something different. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing repeatedly and expecting different results. You can eat really, really clean on a certain diet plan for eight weeks, but if you want different results past that eight weeks, your body's probably going to adapt to that at some point, and you're going to have to try new foods bring in new recipes or try new things. That's why there's so many diets. It's because you can only do it for so long before you need something else. Now, having said that, there is what I call a base way of eating that is a super easy way of eating that doesn't count calories or anything that we teach to our members that is what I call kind of the baseline. And we can manipulate your macronutrients from that point, meaning your proteins, carbs, and fats, right? But that's easier to do once you have that baseline. That's something we can always be changing and evolving and bringing new recipes in for your adaptations, but it's not necessarily a diet. It's just a way to okay. eat, right? Okay. So the diet I'm on right now, I guess if you call it that, it's kind of the way I'm experimenting with right now. We're just eating really clean, really lean foods. It's nothing everybody doesn't know. We're sticking to our chickens, our turkeys, our fish. We do have filet mignon once a week. We have a good piece of steak once a week. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm an old blood type, so I'm all for red meat. Um, I'm a meatitarian. But, uh, and we do eggs and stuff like that. We do a lot of I do higher carbohydrates right now, complex carbohydrates. Not all carbs are this evil unicorn that puts weight on your hips. Uh, Hallelujah. A, Leslie, I know, everyone like, wants yeah. to do the low-carb diet, and you don't have to. No, it's actually – You need carbs. If you're working Good out – Yeah, if you're working <laughs> yeah. out, it's actually one of the worst things you could do is cut all carbs. And FYI, veggies are carbs. I don't believe people realize that, but they're fibrous carbs. So you need them. Uh, so we'll get our carbohydrates right now. I get a lot of them from quinoa and brown rice. Um, sweet potatoes, stuff like that, and of course vegetables. But I've been actually reducing the amount of healthy fats in my diet. My body responds better to higher carbohydrates, less healthy fats because of my body type. But other people are different. That's why we kind of establish that baseline and then we can manipulate based on there. But I, we eat really clean uh, for about 90% of the time. And then we have maybe about two or three cheat meals a week. You know, we'll go out on date night. We do date night every Thursday and 
we'll go out and you know we'll have some Middle Eastern food that's loaded with a bowl of hummus. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> or we'll do sushi or we'll do whatever. You know, but it's not. We only do it two to three times a week, and I find that there's no there's no real science proving that you're going to get different results from doing something 100 percent of the time and 90 percent of the time. It's the same. So keep your sanity and go have a couple cookies and not fall off the wagon as opposed to thinking you could never eat food that you enjoy ever again, right? So we save our cheat meals for Saturday because Saturday's Michigan football day. And uh, <laughs> go blue. And, uh, go green. <laughs> uh oh. Yeah. Rivalry. Oh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but so we save our cheat meals for Saturday because we know it's football day. We know we're going to maybe have some brats or we're going to have some, what you know, it, we have maybe a beer or two. But it's never, we don't let our cheat meals become cheap buffets, if that makes sense. Uh, a lot or of people. Or cheat months. Yeah, cheat months. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm off the wagon. I might as well just stay yeah. off, right? Like, no, no, no. <laughs> so that's what we're doing now. We're, you know, two or three cheat meals during the week. We're eating just kind of a lot high protein, you know, high complex carbohydrates and a little bit of healthy fat. Healthy fat being a little bit of hummus, a little bit of guacamole, a little bit of avocado, you know, Handful whatever. Handful of nuts. Yeah, something or... small. Uh, but it's all based on your body. Now, did you that. ever have no. a weight problem? Have either one of you ever had a weight problem? I had the opposite weight problem. I had the the doctors thought there was something wrong with me because I was just skin and bones my entire life. They told me I would never weigh more than 110 pounds. I'm a buck 35 now. So love proving people wrong. I make a hobby out of it. It's an awesome hobby for those of you listening to prove people wrong. You should try it. It's like my new favorite sport, and I try to be MVP. But um, it's one of those things where, you know— I was super skinny, always kind of athletic. I was burning way more than I was putting in. So I had the problem of like bone problems and stuff like that because I just wasn't, I didn't have meat on my body, Uh, which is a very expensive problem to have, by the way, because you have to eat so much food to put weight on, lean weight. I'm not talking get fat. I'm talking muscle, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's super expensive to be on that side of the spectrum. It's and, And people, we have members at our gym that have lost 65 pounds, 100 pounds, 80 pounds, they have no more weight to lose, so to speak. So they're like, well, I'm trying to gain muscle now. And now they're like, this is 10 times harder than eating to lose fat. I'm like, you have no idea. Because (laughs) five days of not using a muscle group, it starts to go away. Five days, right? If you stop eating the way you should, three days starts to trickle away, right? So you have to be so disciplined to maintain the amount of muscle strength and explosive power that most people want that you see in the magazines and stuff. That is a lot of eating and a lot of discipline and a lot of food. It's so much easier to just eat for a healthy weight or eat for weight loss than it is to eat for gaining lean muscle. So just keep that in mind. Uh, What's the average age of the member at your facilities? The majority of them are between 34 and 55. Okay. Uh, A little bit later, usually females, although we do have some boyfriends and husbands and stuff that will come in and get the workout in with their other half. Uh, Although we do have some people in their late 20s, early 30s, you know, it... 25 to 55 is the broad spectrum, but for the most part, it's 35, 55-year-old moms, you know, that are, like, in better shape than their kids now because their moms have guns and their moms have, like, legs and booties that are lifted. I'm like, I have moms that are in their 40s, late 40s, that are in better shape than, like, half the kids I know in their 20s. Wow. So yeah. age ain't nothing but a number, man. Right. <laughs> well, something. yeah, what obstacles do you um, face, though, with as your clientele gets older? I mean, um like, you know, for instance, my knees aren't as good sure. as they used to be. Sure. So doing burpees and that kind of thing isn't. Well, you modify. Right. <laughs> that's that's what I tell. We customize. Modify can right. be kind of a word where people think I'm making it easier. I'm not making it easier. We're, we're customizing it, which is why we pay certified personal trainers at our place and master certified trainers at our place, not just aerobics people. No offense against aerobics instructors. But you get someone with bad knees, with bad hips, with bad lower backs, and you have to be able to customize the workout to fit those needs, right? right. Uh, that's why we don't do sit-ups or crunches in our boot camp because, well, one, 32,000 crunches to burn a pound of fat. It's stupid. Just don't do it. Two, if you have a bad back, which the majority of people do because we sit all day, you're actually screwing up your back by doing crunches and sit-ups under high repetitions. So you'll see a lot of like the right – again, this goes back to right programming versus just making a hard workout, right? I can have you do 10,000 crunches or I can make a well-programmed workout that's not going to leave you in pain, that's going to work around your bad knees or your bad hips or your bad lower backs and still make the muscles feel the way they should without the joint pain, right? Now, as you build more strength and muscle, you're going to find your joints hurt less. We have people who had really bad knees. We have a, a client named Melissa, really terrible knees, and she's lost the weight and she's built the strength and she's like, man, I'm running again. You know, like yeah. it's just, it's very important, especially for your knees. You should be really focused on developing your quads, the top parts of your leg, because that's the key muscle in knee flexion. So the stronger you get those, the less the knees are going to hurt. I mean, granted, 
go to the doctor if you got major knee problems. No, but, no, it's not you know, that bad. Mm-hmm. But, but that's the way it is. You, you need to be with somebody who can modify it to fit you, yes. So we do encounter a lot of obstacles in terms of, oh, well, I have bad backs, I have bad knees, bad hips. But they really don't end up getting hurt the way we train because we're over paranoid about safety for one. But two, we take the training with our coaches to make sure they can modify to get around those pain points. And to be honest, even if you don't have bad knees, you should be training like you do because you don't want bad knees, right? And exercise does make all that better. Yes. I think yes, that's yes. what people don't realize is right. that you think I can't exercise because something hurts, but the you very, should be exercising right. because something hurts. Right. It's a double-edged right. sword. Right. If you do it right, it's going to fix it. If right. you do it wrong, you're going to get hurt. Right. And the doctors yeah. will tell you that too. Yeah. So, and the I think the other one was really it's it's time and which is just a BS excuse for I can't prioritize my right. life. Right. Uh, I have people all the time. Like, I just don't work out. I just don't have time. I'm like, listen, there's 24 hours in a day. Why is it that some people can make $10 million in a day? Right. Some people can cure diseases in a day. Some people can do all these things, but you're still in the corner making excuses about why you can't do stuff. Right. So I tell people, make a priority. If health is your priority, then you'll find the 30 minutes three times a week. Right. That's 90 minutes out of your week. You have 166 and a half hours to do whatever the heck you want after that. All right. Pretty good statistic odds of making time for stuff. All right. So that I don't have time thing. I don't buy it. It's just an issue priorities we hear the time one a lot and then the food one well i don't like vegetables or i don't like this or i don't like like yes you can work around that don't think it's no end all but again I'll, I'll ask you this question from a friend to a friend which do you hate more eating vegetables or not being happy with your reflection you know what i mean mm-hmm. if you hate that reflection more than eating vegetables maybe you should try some different ways to eat vegetables that might make you like them you but know? doesn't it go back to and you said it earlier um Having that mental shift. It is, it, 100%. Um, but and isn't that true of everything, though? Everything, especially physical health, mental, it's all, it's all the story you tell yourself. Right. I think a lot of people tell ourselves, I'm sick, I'm overweight, right. I have no energy. And you keep telling yourself this. Right. Your brain begins to believe it. It's programming your computer to accept what you don't want to happen. So I think if people just change their story, mm-hmm. what they were telling themselves and started to believe a different story, it would get them in a better mental state to accept new change. So how did you change your story when you were younger? I read. I read and I listened to audio a lot. I started with listening to audio and watching like motivational videos. We we are in a digital age where information is just accessed everywhere for free. So the I can't afford a coach, I don't buy it. There's YouTube. It's free. Go YouTube Tony Robbins. There's your coach. You know what I mean? Like you have to put in new information. You have to reprogram our core programming. And a lot of our core programming Bless the heart of my mother and father. They're great parents, but it was money doesn't grow on trees. You got to go to college. You got to get a really good job. You got to work nine to five. It's going to be tough. Life is going to knock you down. And there's some truth to it, but it doesn't, when you, when you get unplugged from those rules, you realize that that story we tell ourselves is what we begin to live. It's, it's the matrix we create for ourselves, right? You ever seen the movie, the matrix where everybody's plugged in and they have to play by certain rules. And then when Keanu Reeves gets unplugged, all of a sudden he can bend spoons and he can stop bullets and he can do all these things because he's not playing by the same rules. Other people are playing by. You realize that there are no rules in life. There are no, this is what you should do. Not necessarily. You should be challenging that. What do you really want to do? Because sometimes what people tell you you should do and what you want to do are different, and you end up listening to other people who are not in a better place. You're listening to people right. who are worse than you are right. telling you what you should do. It's like somebody who's right. 400 pounds who sits on a couch telling you what to do to lose weight. Right. And people take advice from that. Yeah. I'm like, listen, you have to read from the people who have been there, done it, and still doing it right. because things change, right? The other thing is, is you know, you have to do it on a daily basis. Every day I wake up and for the first 15 to 20 minutes, I get a motivational video, I read a book, I do something for the first thing, I water my brain first thing in the morning. So that way, because what, what does everybody do? They wake up and what is the first thing they do? <laughs> Phone, Facebook. What's yeah. on Facebook? Nonstop drama, Nonstop problems. You wonder why you start your day and you feel stressed out, miserable. News. Yeah. Oh, I don't even, it's not even allowed in my house. Okay. People are like, well, how do you know what's going on? I'm like, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? If you don't have the power to change it, stop stressing yourself up about it. Right. But I tell this people all the time. First thing you should do when you wake up, start the day on your terms, man. Start reprogramming your brain. Read. 
listen to something. Listen to podcasts like this, you know, that send good messages. Start your day off on a happy note, even if it just means getting up 15 minutes earlier. Everybody can get up 15 minutes earlier if they don't have time. If you're sick of being miserable and sick of being depressed and want to change in an area of your life like health and fitness, then you should probably wake up and listen to like some Tony Robbins or wake up and watch a workout video and get your workout in 15 minutes of your morning, right? So do something to move you in the right direction little by little. That's how I reprogram my brain. And I'm still in a civil war with telling myself what I can and can't do. I'm always pushing to find what my new limits are. And when I get stagnant, I think is when I get the most anxiety. You can ask her. I like... I freak out when I stop feeling uncomfortable. You can like see his brain wrong. just rolling <laughs> around. Yeah. Like you, you'll hit a point where you miss being uncomfortable. And when you're comfortable, you freak out because it means you're not growing. You're not stretching yourself, right? Wow. If it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you, right? The right. So uh, the biggest thing I could recommend to people, no matter what area of your life you're trying to change, start the day off on your terms. Don't let the day control you. Oh, I like that. So do I. Wow. So – so let's talk about these other companies that sure. you have going. Explain all that. Um, well, they're kind of uh, what I call like my holding company in a way. It's the company that controls everything. I I own the gyms, which is what I call my, my B2C business, my, my business to consumer business, right? We call it end user business. I'm helping large amounts of the average Joes. You know, they're trying to get in shape. Uh, but what I've also learned through the thousands of dollars I've spent on coaching, because I have coaches, I think everybody should, and don't get coached by somebody who doesn't have a coach fun note. Uh, anyway, but we have a B2B company, right? So I own uh, what's about to launch called Systems Underground, uh, which is for people who own businesses. We help people automate and we help people systemize their business. The, the biggest thing that I learned from starting all these companies is you can't do it all yourself, but yet everybody says, I'm going to be a business owner. I'm sick of working for the man. I'm going to start my own business. And then they realize I'm working 80 hours to get a 20 hour a week paycheck. Right. It's like, wow, why don't I just stay at my job and keep my bigger paycheck and not have to work as many hours? It's because there's no systems, there's no infrastructure, and you're doing things you shouldn't be doing. Uh, but a lot of people, they're afraid to hire people or they want to hire people, don't know what they should be doing. So this company is more of a consulting base. We help people automate uh, their marketing. We help them automate their client relationship building. We help them systemize their company. So if they go on vacation or they're gone for a while, they have a team and systems and automations in place that can run it like a machine. So I control my systems, systems control my companies, which makes it scalable. This is why we can open boot camp after boot camp after boot camp and get results and people happy and raving fans that love our, our, our companies. It's because we have the right teams that are controlled by the right systems that do the right things. So that's what the Systems Underground company uh, that we're about to launch will be focused on is helping business owners work less and make a company that can grow and scale faster that can help more people. Because I think the biggest reason people get into business is they want to help people, right? Uh, but right. they can't do it all by themselves, so we help give them the tools to, to reach more people. So is it is it a certain type of business or anybody who it has can, a business can it, contact you yeah. and and exactly what will you do then? If if they reach out to us, we work we usually tend best to service type businesses or digital online based businesses cuz that's what the crowds tend to be going toward, and I have zero experience in retail, so I'm not going to have somebody do something I haven't tested and vetted for and know is going to work, right? I'm okay. not giving people theories. I'm giving them things that we've done that have worked. Um, but they'll reach out to us. Uh, the website, systemsunderground.com, when that gets ready to launch, uh, that will be the DIYers. If you just want to go and check it out and get a couple ideas and implement them into your company and see if it works, it'll work. You know, See if it works, and then if it works and you want us to do more with you, you can reach out to us at that point. But we're going to start off with a membership uh, site that people can get access to, and it gives them access to all of our automations, all of our systems, everything we've done to do everything that's gotten us to where we are, um, but they can kind of apply it to their companies. And then eventually we'll roll out more done-for-you services where we okay. can sit with them one-on-one -on -one and actually take those DIY things and apply them strategically to their companies for them. Wow. Why are you successful? Um, <laughs> I love people. I think really the truth becomes I've always loved people. I've always wanted to make people happy. My happiness is always based on others, which is kind of dangerous sometimes. Um, but I just, I don't know, man. I've always wanted to not be normal. I've always felt different. I've always felt like I shouldn't be doing the things that other people deem to be normal. I've always had an easy 
easy way to challenge and say, why does it have to be done that way? I've always wanted to make things better and more efficient. And uh, I think that quest of trying to make things better, always killing myself and making myself better to help others better has always been something that fuels me. Essentially, I really judge my success based on how many people I've helped achieve success. Wow. So, Do you believe in luck? No. Oh, absolutely not. not. At all. I hate when people, you're so lucky, I want to just throat punch them. I'm like... <laughs> Dude, like, I worked my listen, you know yeah, what off. sleepless nights, anxiety attacks, 120 hour work weeks, like just ridiculous amounts of pain and learning things the hard way to get to where you are. There's no such thing as luck. You can, I tell people, I am a, I am a 13 year overnight success story. Right, years. We hear yeah. that so yeah. often, so, right? which yeah. is one of the reasons we love this segment is, again, what we said is to showcase that there's so many obstacles and hurdles that get in the way and it's overcoming those. They make right. you who you are, though. If right, I was right. to tell you why I am the way I am, it's not because of my successes. It's because of the failures that right. make me who I am. You know, And so many people, they seem miserable at the time you're going through them. But in hindsight, you're like, dang, I really learned how to roll with that stuff right. because of that incident, right? And right. so I would say, you know, like I said, my my ability to roll with stuff, yes, but um, I have really good coaches too. Yeah, I recommend everybody yeah, go gets... go back to the coach thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have I have a bunch of coaches. Um, I plug into some people, um, Bedros Killian, who is the CEO of Fit Body Bootcamp. He was one of my first coaches. Uh, Craig Ballantyne is the CEO of Turbulence Training. He is my health and fitness science guy. He is so sharp with fitness science and he gets his hands on all the recent studies and everything. He gets them to us. Um, Bedros is more of my business and sales guy who helped me with my marketing because marketing and sales, everybody thinks it's a sleazy thing, but it's just understanding what people want better than they understand what they want and giving them the, the, antidote to fix their pain right Mm -hmm. it's not manipulative yes it could be if it was done wrong but i think people are getting so numb to that now i think they can smell it a mile away people don't crave marketing and sales the traditional way anymore they crave relationships and that to me sales and marketing is that especially marketing it's building the relationships right uh and i think that's what society's moving toward as it should have always been but i think now more than ever is building those relationships right so um definitely the reason why yeah i do what i do but the coaches definitely helped me with the marketing and it's always changing. So I have a business coach and I have a, um, a fitness guy who keeps me in check with my health and fitness and my personal development and stuff like that, which is Craig Ballantyne. And when you say coach, these are these people you pay or are these just yes. people that, okay, <laughs> I pay, I pay Bedros. Yes. Uh, and co- a good coach isn't cheap. It's mm-hmm. like buying a car. You can buy a Cavalier or you can buy a Cadillac. Uh, it's, it's really up to you. You know, I've paid anywhere up to $25,000 a year for a coach. I've paid $40 a month to plug into somebody's membership site and get video coaching with them, right? So there's everything on the spectrums. Mm -hmm. I'm part of groups, what we call masterminds, that we take the top Fit Body Bootcamp owners in the world. We sit down four times a year and we say, here's what's working, here's not, here's where I need help. And we learn from each other and we have coaches wow. that guide us, right? It's, it's, if you want to take over the world, those masterminds, those are the groups of people that really could. Now, so. you're starting something like that too, right? On your website? Yeah, eventually we will be rolling out a coaching program for um, the small business owners who are trying to automate and systemize. Um, right now, our main focus is to get the blog up, uh, get our membership site up. And then once we get that foundation established and we're listening to people and figuring out what they need, what they don't need, what's working, what's not, then we'll eventually roll up to a coaching program. Although we have coached and consulted a handful, a large handful of small business owners in the area, we can do that on a private basis. Um, And it kind of depends on the business's needs and and whatnot. Um, But we've done everything from photographers to salons to haunted attractions to a bunch of other Mm. stuff in terms of getting them more systemized and automated. So so people Mm. would come to you. I mean, I'm thinking thinking of a lot of people that I know that have a business. They would come to you. I'm assuming there would be some sort of consultation. Yeah, we sit down. It's really like 15 minutes. I'm like, where are you at right now? Where are you stuck? And I really look at the infrastructure of what they're doing. You know, we ask them questions to figure out what they feel is holding them back. And then we listen, we listen to it, and then we look at the facts and data and say, well, okay, what really is holding you back, right? Uh, and then at that point, we would start giving when, – when, when I coach somebody, we give them a piece of marching order at a time. So it's like, here's your first marching orders. I'll see you in three weeks. And by three weeks, I expect it to be done. Uh, you know, I've worked with people and I've fired clients before because they just weren't getting stuff done. And I, again, I judge my success based right. on success of others. If you're not willing to put in the work, right. 
it's great to give me, you know, thousands of dollars. Great. But I, again, it's not helping me help you if you're not doing it. Right. Right. So the biggest thing is application. The biggest thing is power of speed of implementation, because that's really what's going to get you the results is implementation. What what about, um, musicians or authors or, I mean, they actually have a huge advantage because when you're when you have a face of a brand, it's good and it's bad. It's hard to scale because you're the one doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can't replace you, right? Uh, versus like a brand, or you get multiple faces of a brand, right? But the cool part is, since you're an author, a musician, you have a face, you have a personality that is your brand. People can bond with that a lot better than they can a logo, right? So mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to what we call establish a P to P, people to people connection when you're an author or a musician oh. because. If you go out there and you're doing, you know, little Snapchats and you're doing Instagram stories and and you're doing Facebook videos and these live casts, you're letting people into your professional life and they begin to fall in love with you because chances are there's another musician, there's another author, there's another somebody doing the same freaking thing you are doing. It's a numbers game. There's too many people in the world for everybody to have a unique idea. It's always a variation of the same thing, right? (laughs) What they stay with you for is you. They like you. They like your brand. They like your message. That's why they stay with you. It has Yes, you deliver the end result they want, which is why they originally came to you. But beyond that point, they're staying for the relationship they have with you. They know you. They like you. They trust you. They're going to keep listening and following you, right? So that's wow. the biggest thing with it. God, mm, that's you, good to know. You see the notes I'm taking as oh, he's talking. But, <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, so many questions. Um, why do you think that people are, you know, you said 120 hour work weeks and people are willing to spend a lot of time bettering their career, let's right. say, but they're not willing to spend time. Like you said earlier, people say, I don't have time to exercise. So why is something that we know will make our lives more productive, make our lives, you know, more joyful, all that make us feel better? Um, mentally, physically, spiritually, all that. Why don't we make time for that, but we're willing to make time to make a buck? That's a phenomenal question. That's a deep question, man. I got to get on my floaties for this one. Well, you know what? Think about it. Um, To change your, your, your physical and everything else, that's, it's not an instant. There's no instant gratification. I mean, with with your your but job, working day after day you, often is well, here's what, but you get a paycheck right then and there. So, well, your I, paycheck of the problem is there's a. I would say the biggest issue, the biggest reason why this is what it is, it's delayed gratification. Yeah. People have people, a big right. time problem with delayed gratification. Right. Money, you work this week, you get paid. Exactly. Right? That's fitness. My point. You don't necessarily see those results. Right. But you feel them immediately. Sure. sure. But Absolutely. You don't see so them. why does something that makes us feel so good? Forget about the looks. Sure. Why is it so hard to repeat? I mean, why isn't exercise? And I know it is for some people. So it must have something it's to do. It's a priority. Because some people's priority, if, if you're broke, your priority is money. If you got bills, your priority is money because you got to put a roof over your family's head and then think of yourself second, Mm -hmm. which is not necessarily the right thinking like we said. But I think that, again, it's the factor of five. It's what you're surrounded by. When everyone around you is saying, man, you got to provide you. It's this. You work, 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 right? That's what you – that's the story you begin to believe, right? But what you don't realize is that work is stress, That, that, that life you're giving away that's going to stress you to combat that you need to be working on yourself. And if you want to advance in your career further, you want to make more money, you want to feel better. You have to start with you. And a lot of people, why do you think the FAA says put your air mask on before you put other people's air mask on? Right. So you have to take care of yourself in order to be better. If you want to be less stressed at work, work on yourself. But I don't think that's the story people are telling people. People are telling them you need to work, not take care of yourself first then that will help your work. It's you need to make that money. You need to do, you don't need to do anything. And I think also, and again, going back to that time um, article that, you know, we, it's so easy to pop a pill for something for diabetes or, you know, take whatever. Mm -hmm. And there's so many things. It's immediate. Well, it's a bandaid on a wound. It doesn't, it is, but doctors are not writing prescriptions to have people exercise three, right. four, mm. five, six times a week. Yeah. I mean, you know, they say that children should have 60 minutes of aerobic activity every single day. I believe that. Wow. And yet... It's thumb exercise for them now, right? Yeah, we're exactly. not. You know, and I just don't quite... I still don't understand the disconnect of why it's so easy to write a prescription for, for pills. And 
Right. It goes back to the money. Yeah. It's a business. Right. I right. Mean, it is. I'm not saying, listen, I love capitalism. Yeah. We live in a great country where anything's possible because of it. Okay. But it is one of those things where it is a business. I, I tell everybody if you want to know the reason why they're writing the articles they are in the magazine, see who sponsored the magazine. Right. Why do you think they have mm-hmm. cupcake recipes and, and women's health? Why do you think, I mean, if, if the right supplement companies pay what they need to pay, they're going to get their story put in front of millions. It's a media company, right? The doctors, the everybody, and not to get too conspiracy or anything, but follow the money trail you know it it always dictates the information you're giving and i think just remembering that it is a business it is a business i think just keeping that in mind people are a business you know a church is a business right everything is everything is a bit and that's okay because it takes money to make things happen exactly you need hospitals you need these things it takes money to do that love and hugs don't pay bills right so I wish they Darn it. Right. They don't. The but it, it is one of those things where you just have yeah. to keep that in mind. I don't think they're doing it to be mean. I think they're doing, again, the doctors, what are right. they surrounded by? They're surrounded by everybody who writes prescriptions. So what right. is the story they're telling themselves? Right. right? right. It's, and again, right, I agree with you. Know. you. Not to say there aren't a lot of great there drugs great out, there, out there, too, right. but it's finding that balance between... Mm-hmm. And it's making the time for everything. Prioritizing. Balancing, really. I think you, you make know. a great point. We, but we have yeah. to wrap it up. I know. We have to wrap it up. Um, well, Brian, I'm glad how can, I was here for this show. I know. I told you. Uh, so um, <laughs> how can people get a hold of you? What uh, are the sites? Well, you can go to michiganfitbody.com to see all of our Fitbody Boot Camp stuff, right? Okay. Uh, and then my name, com is up right now. It's B-R-I-A-N-K-A-L-A-K-A-Y.com. That is my personal site if you want to reach out to me. Okay. Uh, but the blog that will launch for business owners is systemsunderground.com. And systems when, when underground. Is, when is that going to launch? Hopefully by November, mid-November is what we're looking at okay, right now. Okay, so can so. we get you back on next yes. year, early next year, sure. and talk about this? Because hopefully that will be you know where I'm in at. motion. Yes, So you can reach out to me whenever <laughs> yes. you'd like Thank to Thank you so much, both <laughs> well, of yes. you, for coming in today. Are you sore, Jackie, by the way? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. You should have seen what it was like. I mean, 30 years of not doing anything. I, I obviously was a big time smoker. I mean, not really, but sitting in the chair for 30 years, not doing anything. <laughs> yeah. And you so, have yeah. committed to? Oh, I did. Yeah. Oh, I'm in my, am I in my second week? Second or? week, I think. Yeah, second good week. Good for you. Do I look different? You look amazing. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> but a, a good sore. Yeah. It's no, I, yeah, I love it. I really do. I love it. How many times a week will you go? Um, I'm going three times. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's all you need. As long as you're not eating junk, you need three times a week. And I I honestly feel guilty when I don't go every day, but, you know, I mean, I have a lot of other things, too, I have to get done. So three, I've committed to three three days a week. Good for you. Well, it's only the second week. That's a good commitment, though. I I start with one thing at a time is my biggest recommendation, just like she's doing. Three days. Baby steps. No, and I love it. And it's intense, just like his personality is. You know, it's it's exciting. It's intense. We have a good team. Yeah, you really do. We have a really good team. You really do. Well, I know we have to wrap up, but one thing I did want to say, you did a YouTube video where you talked about the reasons that people don't stick with and yeah. I loved your points about, you know, you need the energy level of the mm-hmm. trainer. You need the you need good music so people right. don't want to walk in and fall asleep. Right. And you need somebody that's looking at you and and oh, telling yeah. you what you're doing wrong if right. you have a knee problem or whatever it might sure. be. So right. and there were a few other things. But I thought that was a really good point. People can yes. find that on on uh, YouTube as well. So well thank you, Brian. And thank you. Yes. thanks for having yeah. us. Yeah. yeah, we appreciate it. Okay, so um what's our sip on this today? Oh, well, funny you should bring up the naked thing earlier, Brian, because um, we try to find a drink, a wine, usually, or a beer that we feel fits our guest. And the first wine I saw was naked. Um, and I thought, oh, well, we all want to look good naked. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. So I texted our CEO and I said, what about naked? And she said, ooh, creepy. <laughs> not if you look good naked, it's not creepy. Right. <laughs> so I kept looking and I, actually what I found was called turning leaf. And I uh, and especially now oh, I, mean, I love fall. Well, turning leaf, turning over a new leaf. Oh, yeah. Jackie right. is turning right. over a new leaf. She's right. going to be going to the gym three times a week. Yes. Which, yeah. So I just uh, instead of naked, but yeah, mm-hmm. let's look good naked and turn over a new leaf. Yep. That's right. <laughs> and our closing song, closing song. It sounds like church. Our closing hymn. <laughs> our closing hymn. <laughs> yeah. Turn your books our to clo- page. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Our, our closing song of the of uh, for our guest today is um, "It's My Life" by Bon Jovi because I feel like you took ownership Take of it. your life and you changed it, and you're teaching everybody else how to do it. And I. So grateful you stopped in today, Thanks both for of you. Us. We had a good it time. It was great. Thank um, you very so much. We'll and with that, in.
We always want to remember everybody that sometimes your only available transportation is a leap of faith. Thanks for taking a leap of faith. Absolutely. Next week's guest is a good friend of mine. Do you know who I know is? her really well. <laughs> she's near and dear to my heart. Aww. Denise Brandon Nelson is next week because she's uh, launching a new book called Millie and the Moon. Millie and the Moon. So we're going to talk about. Uh, I think I'm more nervous about next week than I typically am of all the amazing. You guests should be because can... you are going to be sitting on that side. I am going to sit on that side. Yes. And so much of what Brian has said is. Oh just... no! Don't come in using his answers. I'm going to. That's why I took all those notes. notes. She's got the transcript. Yeah. <laughs> She'll start talking about gonna... exercise. Uh, we're talking about the moon, Denise. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it'll be a good show. I'm excited. I'm going to so. moon you, baby. Yeah, I bet you are. <laughs> Won't be the first time. Anyway, happy hump day, everyone. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Make Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Kristen. Sing a song for the broken hearted. is a previously recorded episode